This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Russell, today we have the returns of two of BFM's finest. She is um, a producer at BFM. She is Julian Yap. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it was a pleasure. And he is also a producer, a different section. He is Simway Boon. Hi. Hello. Hi. And our three topics uh, this week will be, would you want to meet yourself if uh, multiverses is topic number one. <clears throat> topic number two is uh, Russian propaganda and disinformation, a how-to guide. And finally, topic number three is how many friends do you really need? So uh, we're topic number one, Sim, multiverses. That's a young people thing. Off you go. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I, I don't know about it being young. I've seen old people go crazy about it. But basically, the question I'm asking is, would you want to meet a multiverse version of yourself? And if if you do, you know, what kind of version would you want to meet? Because in the kind of a recent resurgence or popularity of the multiverse, you know, from the Doctor Strange movie to the A24, everything, everywhere, once movie, you know, the premise is that uh, there's an infinite number of universes out there and it's all sparked by the different things that you do throughout a life. It branches off to different realities and creates uh, a different version of yourself, you know. And it could be things as insignificant as maybe on a certain uh, month of July, 10 years ago, you decided instead of cutting your hair not to cut your hair and that has set off a chain of events that somehow ended up 20 years later, you're actually a billionaire or you decided to become a terrorist or something like that. You know? So it, it raises a lot of questions and possibilities. And whether it's true or not, I think the real um, the real fascination with that is that is, is the realm of possibilities, right? People often think about the what if or, you know, what could happen, right? But I'm curious to ask the both of you, you know, if, if there is a multiverse and if there is an infinite number version of yourself that has brushed out or been created through the insignificant things that you might or might not have done, uh, what's the one version that you, you, you can come up with that you would likely want to meet? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, Julian? I don't know if I'd want to meet any of them. Yeah, I don't know. Me. Yeah, that's a question that I think... Uh, a lot of people actually uh, answer with, you know, they, they don't know if they want to meet another version of themselves. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a very human thing of I don't want to see how I could have failed or could have succeeded, but it makes me feel very inferior. I don't know, it makes me feel very small in that my life is very small, which it is, of course, in, in the big the big picture of things. But then if there are all of these versions of myself where I could have been, that could have been that one time, I don't know if that would, you know motivate me to do something different with my life or do something better or do something worse because well maybe i could just do nothing and everything will be okay yeah no it would be horrible i i live by the maxim that it's it's not enough that i should succeed but that my friends must fail and uh, <laughs> and so if i met a version of me who's actually successful it would kill me because i'd be saying okay like, but what like, is like what's he got that i don't have i mean literally nothing what is a successful cam rustland what is a cam rustland that you would detest or you know i'm not talking about like a super villain mass murderer cam rustland right but what if a what is a impossible version of yourself that would really make you go what do you oh, not God, believe do we have to? <laughs> like uh, is, is it like a, i don't know am i am i managing a corporate board member cam rustland that's never watched a movie or read a book or <laughs> well actually yeah, maybe no yeah maybe but i mean if if you know, a guy who's a guy who's yet another week at the top of the New York Times bestseller list, 
And, uh, <laughs> so you fear meeting a more successful version of yourself. Not right? the like evil for me, version. For me, I would fear meeting and like a like a evil version of myself. Someone that I would think that is heartless and totally like just just non empathetic. Because I, I I I do think that um I mean I'm not saying that you know I'm the best of person, but I wouldn't want to meet another version of myself that is completely opposite in my uh, caring or my in, in terms of the values that I have right like for me to meet another successful version of myself who maybe is uh, have just won a Peabody you know is working for um, I don't know uh, a BBC Radio or something like that right you know uh, I would be curious to meet that version of myself even though that person really? is much more yeah because then it's interesting because then because again it goes back to the root of like the multiverse right where you might have done something insignificant and that set off a chain reaction right so I would be curious to unravel that you know yes of course that, that there's that whole kick in the face of like oh if only I did that like in this life right but again I'm curious about the story of like okay so what really did I did that took me to that way and that but that that's again you know meeting a successful version of yourself or a better version of yourself I mean yes it might motivate me to be better but it's it has a more positive tone to it. But if I were to meet a a more much more darker version of myself, a much more sinister version of myself, right? And mm. it would be scary to kind of like discover what led me down that path or what led that version down that path, right? Well, I would say one probably Sim, he would dress very well. I mean you dress mm-hmm. well too, but he would dress even better. Yeah, it's just suits and- like a James Wan <laughs> villain, right? Yeah, White yeah, yeah. suits all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 Julian then, which would be the worst version for you to meet? I don't know. I was thinking I wouldn't care too much about meeting the evil version. I think that's only as evil. I don't know. I think the base person's the same, right? Um, you know, that chaotic neutral, that lawful neutral chart. Mm-hmm. I think every person's always just going to be the same. But the choices are different. So the choices are going to make you... It's going it's to change everything around your life, but the person's the same. So I don't worry, I don't worry too much about meeting the person. But Julian, what if, what if you met a version of you that really hated cats. And I don't mean cats, mm, little yeah. feline furry Did things. Did they torture musical. and like... Yeah. No, 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 the no, mu- no, no, the, the musical. musical. Oh, the musical. Oh, well, they torture the cast members. <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst version would probably be a person who doesn't care about stuff as, as much as I love stuff. So cats, BTS, uh, food or movies, just oh, anything. Just I someone would... who's just apathetic to all of it and doesn't recycle maybe. I don't know. Oh, can you imagine, Cam, if you met a version of yourself that detests David Bowie? I know. I, if, if I met, a, if I meet anybody who normally would say this, but if I met a version of me that said, "Oh yeah, the Beatles are really overrated," I mean, <laughs> I'd be like, "What? You're me? How can you do that?" But wouldn't you be curious <laughs> to find out what led to that? Um, yeah, I know. I, I guess. I guess. But I'd rather hang out with people who who like the Beatles. Yeah, uh, of course. I, yeah. I mean, I couldn't be bothered to. Okay, I just dismiss them anyway if they say that. Yeah. That's a boy dismiss. band, right? The Beatles. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I would want to hang out. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I think I changed my answer. I want to hang out with all the versions of myself. Maybe the one that like BTS. All of, like, no, yeah. all of them. Uh, I want to. Okay, yeah. I want to have the best and the worst of me's from all of the universes. I think I'd. I think that'd be kind of fun. Sounds like a party. Uh, well, um, I mean, Sim, you're the one who's who's created this. How, how many versions are we talking about? Infinite. It could be a number of versions. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's like some versions that cannot in reality exist in the same platform form as you. They might be a version of yourself that's just pure energy. Mm, yeah. Or that's a version fine. of yourself that exists in the, the second dimensional world that cannot be translated to our plane of reality. Already evolved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The missing link, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. The multiverse. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Um, 
I don't know what we concluded here. <laughs> and uh, But at least if it does ever happen, I feel a little bit more prepared for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we move then to topic number two, Russian propaganda and disinformation, which we all of us have come across, uh, whether we know it or not. Um, so the Russian state has spent a lot of money and time on its propaganda. And it's not just it's not just one or two individuals doing their own thing. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of people pumping out stuff. And I, uh, I recently watched a YouTube lecture that just put it very clearly for me that something that I've always been suspecting and never really been able to work out. So with Russian propaganda, the idea is fourfold. Okay, I'll be very quick. It starts with doubt about truth itself. And this is really important because we kind of, perhaps older people like myself, have held the idea that there's a thing which is the truth and there's a thing which is not the truth. But if you are so overwhelmed by stories coming from different angles that you can then believe that there is no truth that can be found, then where are you? Number two is it gives up a commitment to consistency. So normally propaganda in a state would be, you know, pumping out images to show that the state is magnificent. But if, on the other hand, you just pump out stuff coming from different angles that never really adds up to anything, then where do you stand? And number three, prioritizes on volume. So it pumps out a lot of stuff, constantly contradicting itself, but sounding believable, but also making it feel like there's more of them than there are of you and that you've, you've, you've lost. And uh, number four, which is a little hard to, to grasp, starts not with what should motivate you, but with what already motivates you. So if, for instance, you like, um, if you're already a, a little bit racist, it'll, it'll teach you more racist things. It, you'll, you'll grab a hold of that. If, um, <clears throat> if you like sports, it'll grab a hold of sports. And it'll get to you through that way. The idea being that at the end of the day, what they want to create is apathy. That you, you, you are just overwhelmed and you, you say, which a phrase I actually heard from somebody just yesterday, is they're all the same. I don't trust any of them. I've given up. Um, because the best kind of citizen is a citizen who doesn't take part. They don't even really care if, if you're on their side. Better still totally apathetic because if you're on their side there are only so many spots on the lifeboat and they don't really want to share it out too much <clears throat> the best thing is you don't vote you don't take part just nothing yeah you just go on with your life but what is your life <clears throat> your life has you you are no longer feeling yourself to be a committed part of society because you don't trust society you don't trust anyone you only trust what you think you see before your very eyes. But what kind of contribution does a citizen like that have to even the machine of the government that wants in an apathetic uh, citizen, right? Because if I am extremely apathetic, right, then I might not pay taxes. I might not listen or care about what the government has to say, right? Because whether or not the government needs votes, that's one thing, but the government also needs income. They need money. They need people to work and make money. If I am truly apathetic about not trusting, not wanting to do anything, you know, I'll just become like a like a like a like an anarchist in the field of nothing, right? Like where I don't want to just do anything. I'm not gonna pay my tax. I don't because I don't trust anyone, right? So it, there is that there is that somewhat risk. But of course that I don't think that really happens because most of the times I think people somehow still care. Uh, it's just what they care about and I think and then people are selfish and only really care about themselves. Yeah, I, I, I don't, 
I mean, I've, put, I've said this, but I don't think that it actually works on a long-term basis, not forever. But you are building a society, a notion of a society based on the idea that everybody take, pays taxes. But what if, what if you, your economy can draw finances from a handful of people or from different sources and you don't tax people with taxes, <laughs> you know? You let them off the hook there and they just go around, they just do their thing and they've never troubled each other. I mean, Julian, you on the internet, you've come across this kind of noise, haven't you? Yeah, but I think it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if it's being, if I'm getting it, but I'm not realizing that I'm getting it, which I'm very sure it is. But it's also, it feel, It always, this This is the kind of thing that feels like this is so far away because I don't engage in those things. But then it does like seep in. It doesn't feel like it has bled out of, say, Russia or bled out of the societies that they're supposed to be working on, like for the governments that they're supposed to be working for. I, I disagree. I think it, it has bled out, but it's just different. We do experience the same kind of propaganda or the same mm. kind of apathy, you know. I think... I don't know whether it's coordinated or not, but I think with a lot of the political noise in Malaysia that you hear over the years, you know, and from both sides, whether you're a supporter of the opposition or not, and of the government or they or not, right? There's just so much noise, so much headlines from the more from the important issues to the kind of uh, ridiculous issues that you are creating people that just really don't care because they feel mm. like no matter what they do it's not going to amount to anything. And in that sense, you've created someone... That, and that's why voting has become an issue, right? You know, where there was a debate on whether should you make voting compulsory or not, right? And people... There are it's actually a sizable amount of people that uh, feel that you shouldn't because they don't feel like it's important to vote, right? Yeah, because not voting could be your one and only... Choice. Um, choice. Because, you've, you know, you still are independent and you... Because if, if you say they're all the same, I don't care, then you're actually grabbing a hold of agency. Mm -hmm. You're saying, this is my choice. I've decided, I have chosen that they're all useless. And I have freedom in that. Yeah, but you see, by creating that sense, right, those that are in power have created a kind of like leverage where it's great, we don't need people like that, you know. We just need the core people that believe in us. We don't need anyone to question. Because if you don't care, you stop questioning already. And when you stop yeah. questioning, there's one... There's one kind of like stumbling block that they've gotten rid of already. I don't know if this is just me or how I've grown up or the schools that I went to, but I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know if I was, if that was not bred into me, I guess. It's it's not something that was pushed into, like when I was growing up, as in you have to vote, you've got to be a good citizen, you have to pay tax, you have to do, like you can have moral lessons in school um, but that's not something that you you kind of only get that once you once you start working once you get into society it's not a thing because you know parents to pay taxes people pay taxes you read about taxes but it's not well I've got to do all of these things to be a good version person in society it's not that hard to make that leap into well okay I'm live I'm surviving in this economy and this and this country but it the leap to apathy isn't that far yeah but then on the other side you've got you know governments doing nationalism things it's not that hard i don't think it is that far but also if i compare the 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 kind of language that was used by people of my parents generation your your probably your grandparents generation the kind of level of uh, commitment that they had to their own country and and um you know relationship that they felt was a two-way relationship is so different from now like the grand my grandparents were more patriotic 
I, let, let, Patriot is too too flabby a word, okay. but but I think that people felt that they were in, they were taking part in um in a mission in a in a journey uh, mm. together, and that you know what they did made an impact. But that was the messaging of that day, right? Because you know was it? I mean, I I didn't live in times like that. What I know is through old movies and posters and stuff, so I can't exactly captured as how the, the the environment of their day is right but for what i can see um you know a lot of the a lot of the messages the pop culture references does have a tone of like togetherness and rebuilding towards is whereas now you know you you it's not weird to see a movie that its entire premise is built on questioning the government questioning the truth questioning yeah. the media yeah, yeah, yeah. right which eventually you know builds up and builds up i mean it's a really good hollywood premise if you make movies where oh my god it was a government conspiracy exactly yeah that'll do you that'll do 90 minutes no trouble yeah and and we are so (laughs) we 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 have so much platforms now compared to back then right that can allow these uh conspiracies to fester and just grow right you literally don't need to talk to anyone but those like-minded conspiracy theorists now and you can just go about your day right yeah but none of the conspiracy theorists would, would would agree with each other when you, when you start boiling, <laughs> no, it down, but that's like, the thing. No, no, no. You know, JFK didn't die. Yes, he did. Who's JFK? I, I think at one point, I think at one point, yes, because again, that maybe ten years, twenty years ago, you could find like-minded individuals. You could find conspiracy theorists. You could find people that question the government to a certain extent. Because then, when you meet them, um, they all have their own views, and it's it's harder to really find like-minded individuals. It's so much easier to do that now. It really, really is so much easier because you literally can connect with almost anyone. You can create a website, you can create a server, you can create a Discord server, you can create a Reddit thread where you really can attract the weirdest, most insane, like-minded people. Like so No matter how insane your theory is, mm. the internet is built in such a way now that I think if you truly want to find that person with the dark web and all that, if you truly want to find that 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 weird version of yourself that really believes in all this, you can. And you will then discover that there's more than two of you. And it's not even, it's just starting really young now. It's not even exactly, that hard. Yeah. It's um, um, especially people targeting disenfranchised young men, yeah. young boys actually, 14, 15, where there's a lot of loneliness or like bullying in school, mm-hmm. a lot of angst that typically kids go through and they're targeting like younger kids. And it's, it's shaping a lot of people in the way that, I don't know. And- and if the funding that goes into what you say about how Russia pours money into things like this, right? I'm, I'm not, I'm, I won't be surprised if they've already given that much consideration. It's like, you know, research or our research have shown that maybe we should start them when they're 10, 10 years old. Yeah, or at any age. I mean, you get old people, old people are really good for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they, <laughs> but um, it, I mean, just to say though, I think Malaysia is a secondary tertiary battleground. You know, we're, we're just fallout caught in the crossfire but it's it's something to think about and i think that any government i think wants to see itself in power forever would want to play this game definitely yeah okay so we uh we'll move on in a moment though uh big bit of culture is doing its part um but we uh we're going to be asking ourselves how many friends do we really need here on a bit of culture bfm 89.9 and we're back with myself, Cam Ruslan, Simway Boon, and Julian Yap. And now Julian Yap is asking herself, how many friends does she really need? <laughs> I, I've asked this myself this question my entire life. Um, but I, I saw an article in the New York Times, I think that, uh, yesterday, this week, that was saying, um, how many friends do you actually need? Because they've had, there have been a lot of studies done of people 
who and measuring in not I guess you can't measure it because all of this is subjective also. But it's also people who, especially because of the pandemic, they've um, had to drop a lot of friends. But also at the start of maybe at the start of the pandemic, throughout the pandemic, at different points of it, um, found a lot of comfort in having um, in being able to connect with people and finding new friends online because of the lack of connection and also coming out of the pandemic, what that's been like. Um, I was I wanted to bring this up with both of you because we all all think all, all three of us are really different, I think. Maybe. Um, I'm not. <laughs> and um well so like personally for me, I think my entire life I've always had a very small group of friends. I don't think there's a person in my life that I feel very particularly close to. There's no one I could ha- I don't have a shoulder to cry on. Oh no, your yeah. best friend's crying right now. Oh no, <laughs> I, they never knew. But yeah. Yeah, I wanted to know what what you guys thought, what, what, you know, how many friends do you think you need and how much, how many do you, have you, did that change throughout your life? Do you want to, is that a goal that you have? I don't know if it's a goal that I, I think I'm ha- very happy with my very small, almost how, nothing. How many group. people are talking about there? I've got maybe three, three, maybe three or four friends, very close friends, but really no one very, very close to me. I don't know. I thought I was your friend. Well, now, <laughs> now this is when it comes out here now today. You know. yeah. <laughs> now I know. Yeah. But I, I mean, Sim, you got friends. I, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's different ranges of this. I think, you know, like close friends, yes, you, you there is, uh, everyone's different. I think uh, you, you, there's no real way to. There's no real calculation for this, I think, you know, where you can say, like, you deserve only three best friends or you deserve only two. I think different people go through life differently. And I think it's also having friends is not a, something that's set in a time period where, you know, you need to have friends for 20 years. You know, friends, as you grow up, you know, people move away. People move back into your life. You know, friends come and go and change, right? Um, there are people that have friends that they've, are still in touch with since they were five years old. And there are people that, because of the circumstances of their life, changes a set of friends every other year, every other five years and stuff like that, right? And I do think, yes, it's important to have these close acquaintances that you have um, that you can all, always talk to or vent with. and all. But I also think that that also changes with the different phases in your life, right? You know, as you grow up, uh, the best friends that you have when you were in your kindergarten, the best friends that you have in your high school, you know, they might not stay along the way. And it's okay because, you know... Yeah, you know, Sim, you, you've spent a long time there saying that you're not prepared to call any of your friends friends. Like, you know, guys, if you're listening, just call it, okay? <laughs> We're acquaintances. No, I, have, I, have, like, I, have my, I have my best friend who I've known since high school, you know. But uh-huh. it's not like he was my best friend when I met him in high school. So, yeah, so he better watch out. Yeah, yeah. that friendship developed along the way, right? You know, uh, I have close friends that I see almost every other week, every two weeks, every two weeks, you know, after the pandemic and with life and work now, we see each other less and less. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at, right? Where you will have friends that you build a relationship with, that you build a friendship with, that you might see less and less and talk less and less. But because you guys have spent that time together in that short brief of time where you're connected, that when you do see each other again in you know in another month or so, in another year or two years or so, right? Naturally, it goes back to normal, and I count those as friends because okay. we can kind of like rebuild that connection or reconnect back like nothing. Because you know, in life, when you're much older, it's just so difficult to keep in touch with everyone, right? You know, so yeah, it's hard to put a number on it. I think is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, mm. I I mean, I, I'm really thankful that I I think I have a a, a few uh, maybe kind of Julian level kind of 
really deep friendships. I I feel very sorry for people who don't, and there mm-hmm. are people who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I'm, I'm older than you, so I've, I've when I was your age, I had a lot of really close friends who I don't even talk to anymore. I've forgotten their names. Um, <laughs> that's how it happens. Um, but the, I also have people who I've been friends with for a very long time and we don't see each other for years and years. And then they, they, they're very meaningful to me. But can I ask you, do either of you have friends that purely through the internet that you've never met? Yes. Do yeah. you? Yeah, I've got, but not, I mean, it was more of the, well, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep in touch once in a while. I'm gonna make sure that we're still like we're still going, you know. Like no one's everyone. I think it's hard, because, especially uh, forums and stuff. Fan fandom, you you get you make friends with people because of a, of the similar interests. For example, you know, if you really like Doctor Who or something when you were a kid, and you're in a Doctor Who fandom, you've got friends, and like maybe one day if I visit that country, I could I could go meet them, but. When when you fall out of that fandom, for example, I don't watch Doctor Who anymore. I'm not going to keep in touch with someone because of Doctor Who. We don't have a shared. I don't know. I yeah. Well, I haven't caught. I haven't. I, I've just remembered some friends. All right, because they're wait, they're waiting for messages from you. You know, I'm waiting <laughs> they, as well. They I never they never lost faith in Doctor Who. All the friends I talk to and still talk to, I met them in real life. Yeah, not yeah. some some of them. A lot of them. Not anymore because they've moved and they're too far away or we're too busy without life to meet, right? I mean, I, I have my close friends that I see regularly, you know, every two weeks, every week, every month or every few months or so. And these are my regular friends that I talk to almost every day as well or every, you know, we share little updates, things going and get opinions and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, there are friends that um, you have just really haven't talked to in months or years, right? But all these friends I've met in real life before. Well, I, I I know I know a girl who uh, I mean I sort of catch up with her each Raya open oh. house, and so I'm sort of like able to find out. So she had when she was quite young, a group of friends who were f- like really deep, solid, incredibly important friends purely through the internet, and they lived in different places around the world. Mm-hmm. And she one never met them, and two didn't really feel the need to ever actually meet them, because um, they might be disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out they're forty-year-old um, men. Oh God! Well, yeah, no. I mean, she was really concerned. It's like, well, maybe they are. I don't know. Mm. How she could she know? Um, but over the years, she has kept in touch with them. So she, there's this little kind of cyber friendship, which to me is completely alien, um, <laughs> but really means a hell of a lot to her. Have you ever had? Um, have you ever made friends, a close friend, over the internet? Then, as in, as in, you know, forums, groups, anything. Uh, later on, yeah, actually yeah. through Twitter. Okay. Um, and then they've become, I've met them in, in person. Mm. Um, but Twitter is really good because, you know, you, you build up a relationship with that Twitter feed and you feel you get to know, you can do a lot of research Yeah. and you, you're already, okay, I know I am, I have processed you. And like, and like Sim, who's constantly considering, uh, whether or not the friends can be, you know, <laughs> allowed the appellation <laughs> of friendship, uh, <laughs> I, I finally bestow it upon them, and um, yeah, yeah, one, one, mm. one that I can think of. The second one's a bit offended now. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, that the second one is thinking that he's the one. So she, oh. she, 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 oh. she, she. <laughs> keep them on their toes. Yeah, but uh, Julian, you you asked the question, but the three or so friends that you have now, could you see them being the three or so friends decades hence? Uh, oh yeah. Also, uh, because of the pandemic, I think, and I, I, I know, I realize this is me using this as an as an excuse. Where first it was, 
um, oh no, we can't go out because you know MCO and it's not that safe. Now that we we can go out and we can meet, I'm feel like I'm using that as an excuse still because I personally in my life, mental health wise, don't feel like I can. I have the capacity to be spending two or three hours together with people, meeting up with people, being like, you know, oh, how have you been? How's you know? I I, I love them very much and I care about them, but I don't have the capacity to do that at the moment. And I feel like oh, I've no. not, I've been a really bad friend. I've not been um, communicating. I've not cared. I've not shown that I care for them as much as they do me. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, also you, you've said that now uh, to the whole world on a bit of culture. So you're a really bad friend. I'm going to send them the <laughs> podcast so I don't have to do the work. It's your way of apologizing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That was your way of spending time with them, like with minimal effort. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, why well, not ask one final question? The list of friends that you have in your minds are any of those friends family members? No, no, that's family. I mean, is it? wait, that's do a you different thing, brothers and sisters from another mother? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 family. But brothers and sisters are they're yeah. forever kind of thing. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, I don't. I, so, I don't subscribe to the thought that family is for. Yes, like family is important, but I think there is a line to be crossed between... Uh, well, I don't have that. I don't experience that, but I've seen that happen to other people, right? Where siblings, uh, parents, uncles, brothers, sisters take advantage on the premise that because you're family. And you, you, you have to spend time with me. Yeah, you know, you have to give me this. I have to give... You have to do this, like, you know, which I think is uh, not right, lah. But it's kind of which has been which has been kind of good during the pandemic for anyone who's lived with family. So you've yeah. never felt alone. A lot of people who do live That's alone true. did feel like loneliness. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Can I ask a question? So, yeah. um, I've I've got we've we have a colleague here, and he's a super sociable person. He's like, well, I've got like fifty. I've got a hundred friends throughout my entire life. And he got married, and he said th- uh, he said to me, well, now I only have one friend. I only need one best friend, and that's my partner. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you well, guys that's feel what I've the been same? The whole time, it's like you know, I'm yeah. I'm the only one here amongst the three of us who's married. Yeah, and um, it yeah. Are I mean, you I set wouldn't... for life with for a best for a best friend? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, your partner is definitely your best friend. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I don't know, maybe because Cam's of a uh, higher vintage than me, and he ha- might have a different view. <laughs> um, you know, I'm in a long term like relationship. A fine cheese. Right? Yeah. I think what happens <laughs> after you get into a long term relationship is, uh, you then create couple friends where you, you know you, you're, you're big, no, big, but it's also a timing thing right like I got into a relationship and most of my friends the, my close friends also got into a relationship everyone's about the same pairing time. up yeah. yeah so the activities change now you know where back then it would be like let's go out to the club or, you know, more single-ish activities right now it's more of like let's go hiking together you know oh really oh no I, I haven't done that but I would imagine if I had children then yeah, for sure you know like my kids meet up with your kids and all that kind of thing Sim if you and I you know if <gasps> Julian, you know we, yeah, we, our kids. No, could, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not invited. No, it's <laughs> a couple friends only. I don't know what came over me. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Something for you, man. Okay, well, um, okay, well, hopefully, uh, Julian's friends will not listen to this, um, and Sims for that matter. Uh, so, Cam's friends are safe. That's fine. Your friends are cool. No, I love my friends, you know, whether we've talked to each other or not. I love all of them because the memories we built together and the memories we're going to build together is they're close to me. Oh, they're so thankful now they're listening. <laughs> they're touching the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Sim has said. <laughs> uh, so um, we've uh, come though to the end of the show and uh, now we come to the last part, recommendations, where I recommend something to think might be of interest and Sim goes first. Um, okay, so uh, the 
recommendation is the inspiration for my question, and it is uh, a movie I've recently watched, uh, Everything Everywhere at Once, uh, starring Michelle Yeoh. Was that good? Really good, really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's an A24 movie, you know, so obviously everyone's going to say it's good. But personally, I think it's really good. Directed by Dan Kwan and Daniel Schreiner. The yeah, the Daniels, yeah. Great movie, you know, the premise, you know, multiverse, uh, this... this Chinese lady played by Michelle Yeoh, you know, just very plain, you know, suddenly discovers there's so many different versions of herself around the world. But the fate of the multiverse hangs on little plain old her. But it's a truly entertaining movie. I think for a long time, or for the past few years, you know, this whole premise of multiverse has been hinging on Marvel movies, superhero and whatnot. But it's refreshing to see it being done this way. And I think the movie, like every minute is just, there's something to make you laugh, make you think, make you cry, make you connect. And yeah, it's great, right? But unfortunately, it's not available in the cinemas anymore. So you got to wait for it to come out on streaming platforms or any other way you can get a movie, I think. All right, but okay. But you somehow sensed it. Yeah, you didn't actually watch it. You sort of like just... Yeah, yeah. A different version of myself watched it and told me about it. But really, I do recommend it. I think it's by far so far um, one of the best movies I've watched this year. Uh, and, and is she good? Is Michelle Yeoh good? I think, she, yeah, she's great. She's great. I mean, she shows her caliber as an actress that can do very different kind of like styles, you know. There's lots of interviews of her saying she's finally gotten the opportunity to lead something. She's been, mm. in, she, her career is maybe 30, 40 years old, yeah. long and she's never had a lead role yeah. where she's yeah. gotten to show, you know, as an Asian woman that she, and as an older Asian woman in the industry that she has breadth of character like she's never gotten that yeah and 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 the family deals with a lot of different and the the movie deals with a lot of different themes you know it deals with fulfillment self-doubt and then to family to love to relationship and they don't do it in a way where it feels very cramped even though to put the movie in a nutshell is the word chaotic but it's 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 beautiful chaos i think yeah Hmm, okay i'll check it out then uh uh, it's called uh, again it's called everything everything everywhere all at once Cool. Okay, so my recommendation is a YouTube channel uh, where I I got the condensed version of what I talked about earlier with the Russian propaganda. And it's uh, a guy called Vlad Vexler. And he talks a lot about, he's a, he's a political philosopher, and he talks a lot about uh, propaganda and Russia, actually, as well. But he's, um, what I really like is his presentation style and the way that he explains things so clearly. Clearly, you know, Russian is a was his first language, but he's doing it in English. And just from the details like the camera position, the quality of the sound, the way he uses his hands, the way he talks you through, and then point one will be this, and I'll come to that later. And then we go back to that. But before we get to that, we must talk about this. It's just really a really well-crafted presentation, a really well-crafted presentation. Um, lecture and they're all russian propaganda related or philosophy political philosophy related yeah yeah pretty much so for i mean he's got one about um, i'm I'm looking at it on youtube now i'm just looking him up and the videos that he's got his latest video the real reason russian people deny reality (laughs) yeah that's interesting it's it's all they've all kind of they they have the common thread through them his videos well, I mean, because Ukraine is in, in the news now, but I mean, in the past, he's like, you know, how to understand Nietzsche's style. And uh, yeah, so the, the real meaning of Nietzsche's eternal recurrence. Okay. Mm. So there you go. And, uh, and you like um, philosophy, don't you, Sim? Yeah, You're... I do. I do. I find it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Cer- yeah. Certain so, philosophies. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I just think 
the, the way that he explains things is so once in a blue moon you kind of kind of like come across something oh i think i understand that now <clears throat> oh, and then that. 10 seconds later it's like i've completely forgotten what that, what that was about too much words <clears throat> too much words too many <laughs> yeah. things to think about yeah so uh so that's my vlad of vexler so uh julian what's yours um, mine is a movie that came out on Netflix, I think, two months ago now. Um, it's called Apollo Ten and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. It is directed by Richard Linkletter. And it is kind of a... It's, so it's about a kid who is ten and a half. No, I think he's 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 a young... He's, he's the youngest kid in his family. And he grew up in the 60s in... Where's the place where they where, where they launched the rocket from? I, he lives Cape with... Cape Canaveral? Yeah, he literally lives where... You can see the rockets go off. You know his in, family in Florida. In Florida, he's a completely he he's the sm- he's the youngest in a real nuclear family, and um, it's set in the sixties. Um, and in this fantasy version that he's constructed for himself, he, he has been told that NASA has unfortunately built a rocket ship that's too small, and they can't send another dog up. So they need a kid. They need someone who can operate the machinery, and only he can do it because he's small enough to fit inside. But um, against the backdrop, so they tell they they start that story off, but then it moves into what it's. So it's a it's. I think it's two hours long. It's a oh sorry it's 19 it's 100 minutes long it's and it's maybe an hour of just what's it like being of growing up in the 60s I didn't grow up in the 60s so I don't know but it's 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 painted in a very nostalgic very love story beautiful kind of way of um this is what TV was like and they did um they it, it's it's animated so it's um Richard Linklater also did a scanner darkly maybe 20 years ago and it's done in that same way where it's acted by actors but it's painted over and animated over that so it's it it, it it's very interesting I don't think it's for everyone I I know that the first time I watched the scanner darkly it was really ugly <laughs> I think but uh yeah it's it's beautiful and it yeah it I think it's just very it's very wholesome and very loving to a time that I've never lived in because I keep seeing it on my Netflix roster, and I always mm-hmm. think, eh, "Shall I? Shall I?" Um, so okay. If you if you want to feel nostalgic for a time that you've never lived through, I think. I think you lived through the sixties, right? No, I'm not. I done. lived through four years of the sixties. I was born in sixty six. You could you could rem- yeah you could reminisce what you 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 could have you could have had when if you grew up earlier yeah. You know I, when you two eventually make your movies and you reminisce nostalgically about a time, it mm-hmm. would be like. 2010, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. 2008, maybe. Yeah, 2010, 2000. Yeah, start of Marvel before it yeah, got yeah. massive. Yeah, like your right. teen hoodla. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, I right. hate that. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your 60s are 2008. Um, is it? Okay, no, well, is it? Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. No, 2000s are for me. It would be 2000s. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay, so that's um, Apollo Ten and a Half, yeah. Yeah, on Netflix. On, on Netflix, and uh, yeah. Okay, well that brings us to the end of this week's show, and only remains to be now to thank special guests, Simway Boon. Thank you very much for having me, and Julian. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cam. And uh, Julian, I thought was going to be talking about BTS today. I could, but uh, but she didn't. I could any time. We could do another episode right now. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> Continuation. Yeah. Right. Next time. We should next, do a special. BTS we should do a special on BTS. Cam. Cam say yes. <laughs> okay. It is part right. of culture right now. Yeah. No, it is. It's a it lot. Is. Yeah. It's a lot and a bit of culture. Yeah. Right, we'll do a whole South Korean thing, okay? Yeah, South Korean soft power. 
Yeah. All right. We'll do that. All right. Next time we three meet, it's going to yes. be South okay. Korea. Right. Okay. Cool. It's determined. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, uh, see you all soon. And please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 